Welcome to Crohncast. Your hosts, Trudy Callahan and Lisa Austin, are here to encourage you to embrace your inner crone and revel in your wisdom, experience, and intuition. The podcast about women of a certain age for women of any age. This is Crohncast. Hello, Trudy. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? I'm really well. Excellent. So what are we talking about today, Lisa? Well, I thought um, we would explore the word crone a little bit more. And I I want to uh, assure our listeners that uh, every episode is not going to be about us torturing over this word crone. But I think it's worth exploring a little bit more. And I, I brought some some uh, a few little things from books I've read on on the, on the concept of crone and crondom which is a word we loved from last time. So um, one of the first uh, little quotes I have is from a book called Maiden Mother Crone by a woman named D.J. Conway. It was published back in 1994. And she says, The crone aspect of the great goddess is the least understood and most feared of the three aspects. She has been called the terrible mother, the hag, the dark mother, the wise one. The Dark Mother guides us with her lantern of ultimate truth and wisdom. How does that grab you? Mm. The Terrible Mother is a bit hard because mm-hmm. I'm both a mother and a stepmother. I, I had this thought this week, actually. I was talking to a niece. Um, so I've lost both of my older sisters. And my mom is gone. And, of course, I, my grandmother's died either one long before I was born Never met her at all, of course, and then one when I was very young, so I have, don't really have memory of her. But I was telling my niece that I realized I'm the oldest woman. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You're the elder. Oh, my gosh. I don't, I'm not, I'm not that, that much of a fan of that. So tell me again, the terrible mother. I kind of get where that would come from. The terrible mother, the hag, the dark mother, the wise one. I like the wise one. It seems to me a real juxtaposition of these sort of positive words and sort of what we would perceive as negative words. Terrible. Mother's a great word. Mm-hmm. Terrible mother, hag, dark mother, and then this positive, the wise one. It's almost like, um, you know, mythology can't decide how it feels about older women. Is it kind of a love-hate relationship? Well, and, I, and is, I'm wondering, just as I said that, is maybe that's even true today. I, well, I would agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I know that my family looked to me. Like, it, I'm the one that hosts all the big things. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a wedding in my backyard this year. I had 23 people at my Christmas table. I'm definitely, what I'm the place. I'm the home. I'm the matriarch. Yes. But isn't a crone beyond a matriarch? Well, say more about that. That's an interesting idea. Well, I always thought... I guess the matriarch is kind of, well, the mother, the M, mm-hmm. the matriarchy. The crone, for me, is like the, like the queen on the throne that people just come to, whereas the matriarch is the one making the dinner. <laughs> so the matriarch still has a job to do. Yeah. Okay, maybe that. I'm, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just exploring this with you. Yeah, I think, you know, when I... The stuff I've read so far is really sort of used menopause as a demarcation. Like after 
menopause, which I think is an erroneous demarcation, but nonetheless, that after menopause, you're, you enter this crone phase of your life um, where you're, you know, what, what you described, you're, you're the, the elder, you're the source of wisdom, you're the source of experience. I always use these words, the source of intuition um, that people rely on to help guide them. And I don't think it's necessary that the idea of matriarch and the idea of crone need to be separated. Mm. I think they can be one and the same. That gives me hope, I guess. I was quite comfortable with matriarch, other than the, this thought that I don't have an older woman to go to in my family. I am the older woman. Mm -hmm. And that really occurred to me, I, I think it was during the Christmas break, and I was trying to remember something and I you know my go-to to remember something from my childhood would be to ask my sisters or my mom mm -hmm. and they're not there yeah so I have to be the keeper of the memory and if I can't remember then what mm -hmm. well I think the memories get passed on so when you can't remember the, the women coming behind you will remember they'll remember things they'll be different things mm -hmm. but they will remember and then they'll pass on. And that's how it works. That's how it's always worked. Yes, isn't that true? And it is woman to woman. Yes. Right. Generally, yes. Yeah, I mean, my sons are not, they're just not, they seem to not care about uh, family history and that kind of thing. Although I did, did just receive a, a text from a cousin of mine who lives in Montreal, with whom I'm, I'm really quite close. We visit often and text often and that kind of thing. And he's in this phase of doing a little bit of family research. I think it's his sisters maybe who are mm -hmm. doing it, but he's also very interested in it. And he sent me a newspaper article that would have been written in um, probably in the 70s, but it is written by my great uncle, mm -hmm. who at the time lived in Longview, Washington, and it's some history of the family. And I just thought, isn't that interesting? My male cousin is sending me this, mm -hmm. this mm -hmm. history. So it's, it's wrong to think that only women do it. Sure. But for sure, I feel like I've, I'm at a loss now because I don't have my, the older women in my family. Right. Well, I think every family has at least one archivist. And they're the keeper of they're the keeper of things material, and they're the keeper of things memory. And and I think anybody can be the archivist in a family. Um, but I think when we're talking about crones, we're talking about passing on um, things that maybe are the learning specifically of women and and the experience of being a woman, and passing that on to daughters and nieces and granddaughters, etc. And um, I think that. You know, when we look at, you know, those transferable experiences and, and uh, bits of advice and, and, and wisdom, I think we, we have to reconcile the fact that what's passed on might not be what's remembered by them. So we might pass on stuff to them, and they, they might hold it as important, they might not, but they're going to add to what we tell them with experiences in, uh, of their own. So there's there's... There's never a true um, package of information that's passed from one to the other. It's this constantly evolving um, living thing. Mm -hmm. 
It, it's interesting you say it and put it that way because many of the relationships where I feel I actually am providing counsel and guidance are not with family members. Yes. These are um, boards I serve on with younger women. They are my own, some of the young women on my staff. Um, exactly. Other kinds of relationships where they aren't, I'm not related to them. Mm-hmm. But they look to me for counsel anyway, and and that's very enriching for me. I I think I feel that I get as much reward from that, or maybe even more mm-hmm. than what than the wisdom or the guidance or just plain old advice or experience that they're getting from me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I I you know in my years as a leader in an organization, I would have um, people come for counsel whether they were on my team or elsewhere in the organization that often had nothing to do with our work, but had just to do with life or, you know, how to, how to lead staff, how to run a meeting, how to, and it was incumbent upon me to call on my experience, to call on, you know, what I had learned, what I, what had worked for me and pass that on. That's so important. Mm -hmm. It's so important. That's such a gift. Absolutely. That goes both ways. Absolutely. I really like that. I would also say, I learned so much from other crones. I mean, you know, we've sat at the dinner table with your partner and me, and we've had some really deep and wonderful conversations, Mm -hmm. and I come away with a gift, with a gem, with a thing that helps me make a decision or a a way of being Mm -hmm. in in a difficult time or something. Mm -hmm. Well, my my partner is a smarty pants. She's a crone. (laughs) It's so true. She just had a birthday, so she'll she'll appreciate that. (laughs) Well, she is a crone. She is a crone. But we're a bunch of crones around the table. Absolutely. And, and we actually have a group of women we call the cheetahs after um, um, Glennon Doyle's untamed book, The Goddamn Cheetahs. And so we have a group of women and we get together and we, we, read, well, we read books, but that's sort of tangential to what we actually do. What we actually do is share our wisdom, experience, and intuition with each other. Hmm. So would you ever invite a younger woman Oh, I don't know. I don't think so. Yeah. So where's the passing of the knowledge? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Well, I mean, um, two of the women are still actively working. So they still have, you know, interactions with people with, who are younger than them. But they also have family members. They have friends, you know. So there is opportunity. As I said in the last episode, you know, I'm lucky enough to be surrounded by young people who who come to me for you know, with questions with wonderings and they want to know you know what they should do or what what I think and I have so much to draw on from being the age that I am that it's no it's no burden it's this it's I come equipped with all this stuff now and here it is take what you like and leave the rest so the, those times with other crones can also be a filling or an enriching time for you. For sure. It's, it's like an, a crone in service. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good line. So Lisa, I want to go back to this bit about the terrible mother, you mm-hmm. know, that whole thing from mm-hmm. that book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the one thing about fairy tale is that it really, um, they really create unnecessary binaries. So you're either the you know, ultra good princess or you're the evil witch or hag or, and there's very little room in between. Um, It's either this or that. 
Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I, I didn't think you would. Uh, I feel like, like the terrible mother thing, I feel like on some days I probably was a terrible mother, but on the exact same day, I was a fantastic mother. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. the thing I don't like about that, because no one is all good or all bad. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in the space of 10 minutes, I can, you know, I, I could change. I know, I remember one time my kids recorded me on a little Fisher-Price um, cassette tape thing mm-hmm. they had. Mm-hmm. They actually recorded me saying to them, you kids are driving me nuts. And it was about <laughs> like that. I was trying to do something and, you know... But I actually was quite a patient mom too. So, you know, there's another story I can, I want to tell you about someone actually discussing that I was a terrible mother based on how I looked. Mm. And that, that has stuck with me all these years. So this probably dates back, this is going to be the eighties. And, you know, I have, I've always kind of had, um, not crazy haircuts, but, but haircuts, Mm -hmm. like I've often had short hair and it's often been dyed all different colors. And these were the years, and I was a really conservative person in that time, but I had, I had crazy hair. That's just how I express myself. Mm-hmm. And I was in, I'll, I'll maybe try to describe the haircut. It was um, punk years. And so it was um, kind of shaved very tight to the, to one side of my head and mm-hmm. dyed quite dark brown. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of had a long bit on top that flopped over that was quite red. Mm-hmm. And then it um, fell down into onto one side of my head that was um, quite blonde. Mm-hmm. So it had these three colors and mm-hmm. it was cut in kind of a triangle at the back. So it was crazy hair. But very trendy for the day. Very trendy for the day. And I could carry it off. I have hair. I just, I'm one of those people. I have nice texture to my hair and I can do pretty much anything. And mm-hmm. stylists always like to do something crazy with mm-hmm. it. And I'm pretty good with a blow dryer. So, you know, <laughs> I can do it. I can make it look Should put good. that on a resume. Pretty yeah, good no with a blow dryer. <laughs> pretty good. I have a story about that too, but not maybe not for this podcast. Um, but, you know, I often say I can have pajamas on underneath my coat mm-hmm. and go see a client. As long as I have really great hair, I can get away with that. <laughs> But anyway, um, so I was standing in the bank with my two little boys, and they would have been maybe toddler or preschool, and I had this crazy hair. Mm-hmm. And what these two older women didn't realize is I could hear them talking about me. They were kind of in a reception area, mm-hmm. but I could hear them. And they were discussing my hair mm-hmm. and how awful it was oh. and the fact that I was I had children oh, as though gasp. that were you know, this crazy hair and these children Mm -hmm. could not possibly go together. And remember I said, I think in the first podcast, I was talking about the fact that someone didn't think I would raise dogs because I was all high heels and hairspray. Mm -hmm. Like, why do we do that to one another? Why do we assess someone about either their goodness or their badness or even their competence Mm -hmm. based on how they look? Well, I mean, I think sadly it's a human foible um, to be judgmental. And we're kind of, um, you know, I think to some extent we're modeled that in media and, uh, and, uh, and other places. But I think it's particularly true for women, that women judge other women and make stories up about them. And I, I have a friend who said something, and I mean, she was referring to heterosexual women, but she said that um, women don't dress for men when they get all made up and heels and the whole thing. And they get dressed for other women because they know that other women are looking at them and assessing and judging. Wow. 
and comparing. Yeah, I really, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with that notion. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation recently with a, a young woman, a leader, young leader in our city. And, and she, she said she sometimes has trouble being considered credible in her work because she's beautiful. Mm. And I, that makes me feel sad. Mm-hmm. But you know what, how she counteracts that? She just, she wears it. She just, like, she, she doesn't flaunt it, but she wears it. Like, she, mm-hmm. she, she walks with confidence, and it doesn't seem to bother her that she, you know, her, like her beautiful hair and her beautiful face and all of that. But I think in her private moments, it, it worries her. Mm-hmm. Well, I think we have to keep in mind that women ha- seemingly have to be apologizing for something all the time. They're not good-looking enough. They're too good-looking. They're not smart enough. They're too smart. They're, uh, you know, not a great mother. They're, or, you know, they're, they're, they have too many wrinkles. They don't look mature enough. So <laughs> it's kind of a no-win situation. Yeah. And, but it's all to the same uh, effect. It's to discredit and make women smaller. Mm-hmm. And um, I think the... the the Barbie movie that came out a while ago, um, there's, a, there's a monologue by America Ferreira, whatever character she plays, I haven't seen the movie, where she talks about this inability to win. You're too thin. You're, you're not thin enough. You're, you know, there's, there's all these binaries, right? And you can never measure up. And it's bullshit. Yeah, it is. That gap, that gap that you can't, you're stuck in between somehow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something isn't the same. So we have to, yeah, we have to counteract that somehow. And I suppose, you know, just encouraging younger women to be who they are. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. And, and uh, to your point with the, the woman that you met, uh, you mentioned, um, not just be who you are, but be amazingly who you are. Mm. Like, as you say, wear it. Wear it. Yeah, that's how I describe what she does. And, I, and I, I've i told her, I think she's doing a really good job at that. But mm-hmm. I do know that in her private moments, it bothers her mm-hmm. that, that there are people who talk behind her back mm-hmm. about how, you know, how can she be credible? Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the gifts that I've found being older has given me is this ability to accept myself as I am. So, um, I know you can't tell this because we're on a podcast, but I'm a little chonky. <laughs> and, um, and you know, I've gone through all sorts of things to try to not be chonky in my life. Um, I even had a gastric bo- a bypass at one point. But I'm, I'm a little chonky. And one of the things that I've just realized at this point in my life is I'm a little chonky. So, and that's fine. <laughs> This is, I am what I am and I ain't what I ain't. And you're healthy. And I'm healthy. Go for a walk every day. Yeah. I, I do all the things. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's embracing your, your natural self or your whole self. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and being generous with yourself. That is so important, Trudy. Yeah. yeah. Because the world is generally not generous to women. So we must be generous to ourselves, but more importantly, we should be generous to each other. Isn't that true? Oh, I'm really trying hard to be generous, particularly to the young women. Mm -hmm. I feel like they're 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 getting getting beaten up Mm -hmm. on all sides. Mm -hmm. And um, I think as crones, 
we need to help them to get to the place of self-acceptance and um, self-joy, you know, like, you know, being joyful in who you are mm-hmm. and, and thinking not just that you're enough, that you're exactly right at this moment, at this time. And does that mean that you shouldn't, you know, focus on self-improvement and, you know, whatever way is important to you? Of course, we all want to, you know, hone ourselves and, you know, communicate better and take better care of ourselves. Sure. But not in a place of punishment. Mm-hmm. In a place of self-love. Yeah. Instead. But we do a lot of that, that self-punishment. Absolutely. Or thinking less of ourselves. Absolutely. Okay, so that's kind of embracing your inner inner crone before you're even a crone. Correct. Okay. Correct. That sounds good to me, Lisa. Mm-hmm. So what's the valuable part today? Well, I think, again, I think exploring the word crone so that our listeners, I think, particularly women who are listening, can feel uh, that they can embrace that that term. I think one of the things that happens to, and I've noticed this as I've gotten older, what happens to women is that we come become increasingly invisible. You know, we're just kind of not a factor anymore. And um, so I think one of the reasons we can reclaim our place as older women in the world is remember what we've got, the arsenal of, of information and, and um, all of the experience that we have at our fingertips. Um, I think that's how we gain our, our place in the world, by being present and... Um, generous with what we know and what we've experienced in life. And, um, and so I hope our readers, our readers, our listeners, well, I hope you're reading at the same time, but I think our listeners, I, I want them to really embrace that term for themselves. That's, that's I think, uh, one of the takeaways I'd hope for today. So what's our word for the day? I think our word for the day is Generosity. Mm, generosity of spirit. Generosity of knowledge. Generosity of um, willingness, even. Willingness to share. Time. Time, yes. So I think generosity is our word of the day. It's a good word. You know, I spent some time with someone. Um, it was more business advice than crone advice, although, you know, it's a woman in business, just several years younger than me. And after I spent that time, a gift arrived for me. And guess what it was? Tell me. A clock. Oh. Isn't that great? That is fantastic. How thoughtful. Very thoughtful gift. It was beautiful and like a small, like a desk clock that really is more beautiful than a time teller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really wonderful gift to that give me. That was an amazing gift. Amazing yeah. gift. There's generosity. There's generosity. I like that a lot. And perhaps an understanding of what she received from you in terms of, you know, all that you know and all that you could share. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's be generous. Let's be generous. Let's be generous to the women around us. Let's be generous to ourselves. Very good, yes. And we hope that you are awesome and have great things happen before we meet again. Sounds good to me. So go share your wisdom, experience, and intuition crones out there. The world needs you. Bye for now. Bye for now. Chromecast is produced by Oddvod Media, odvod.com. 
original music by Darren Hagen. Our podcasts are based on lived experiences. We are not experts in psychology, philosophy, gerontology, or mathematics. It's just a conversation between friends. We podcast from Edmonton, Alberta on Treaty 6 territory. Find us at chromecast.ca.